And welcome back to episode 72 of the Weekly Tech Rant with me, Jay. And me, Carl. So, Carl, we're back for another week of fun-packed tech stories, you know, of all the latest goodness. Uh, big cash has been spent this last week, has it not, from one of a certain Ooh, company over in Redmond? Definitely. Oh, I can't believe actually how much money they've spent. We'll talk about that more shortly. And another company based on the other side of the world has lost quite a bit of money following said spending free spree by other company. But <laughs> we've got a little bit of a, I guess, a mix up this week. We've got everything from the UK's competition regulator. Yes, our favourite uh, regulator is back in the news this week. We've got Google talking about not just Android, but also AR. We've got crypto and Yes, who's stolen my crypto? Not me personally, but somebody else. Wi-Fi 7. Look, I haven't got Wi-Fi 6. 5G follow-up. Oh, boy, we got a 5G follow-up for you. And we've got the latest Intel Arc leaks as well. Plus, we are going to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife and Don't Look Up this week. As I forgot last week to talk them. We got so carried away last week (laughs) that I forgot to bring them in. So I apologise to anybody who was like, oh, we were looking forward to that. Well, we'll talk about it this week. That is a guarantee. And the Tech Rant Reveal, of course, is back this week with not just Apple Stories, some Google as well. But let's talk about then Activision Blizzard and their new owners. Wow. Well, a lot of cash. (laughs) just shy of 69 billion dollars has bought you activision blizzard microsoft well done so yes uh redmond is has been splashing the cash big style this week uh well last week i should say uh as they've picked up activision blizzard and also king i didn't realize that they were in that kind of bucket of companies didn't notice that either there's uh, quite a few franchises under that isn't there there is indeed and there's also quite a few sub um Sub studios as well, isn't it? That are part of that yeah. uh, acquisition. But yes, yeah, so basically exactly. now Microsoft not only own Call of Duty, they now own World of Warcraft as well, amongst other yeah. items. I cannot believe Diablo, to say those words. Overwatch, Tony Hawk, I didn't realize. And no. <laughs> randomly, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro <laughs> from PlayStation. So, uh, yes, that, we'll wow. pick that up in a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they also own StarCraft and I say the can- the famous Candy oh, Crush. Starcraft, yeah. Oh, Candy Crush, yeah. From, well, and yeah. all the games that um, King do. They pretty much do tons on mobile, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, King, they were massive a little while back, weren't they? When they first came out with Candy Crush, everybody was playing that. But yeah, this, yep. is, this is a massive, massive acquisition. In fact, this is possibly, I think, one of the biggest tech deals. It's got to be, isn't it? Well, yeah. Is this over the size that Dell... EMC, yeah, I think it. I think it does. Very close, uh, if not. I think it is close, if not bigger than it. But yeah, this now basically cements. Obviously, I will insert caveat: regulator approval. Uh, Microsoft, hold on. The CMA are (laughs) going to have a word to say about this. You know they will. We'll be back next week with that, probably. Hang on, the FTC will probably get there first. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they have. They have left some time. They reckon this will conclude some point in twenty twenty three, don't they? It's going to take about eighteen months to get through regulations. They were. And of course, Activision, as well as Microsoft, operate in all kinds of places around the world. And I suspect uh, the US, the EU, and probably some of the Asian regulators, I think, will have something to say about this as well, uh, given given where they're basing. But parking that aside, this is absolutely phenomenal. Because if you recall, uh, it's only been a year or so since they picked up Bethesda. Um, I can't uh, say that well, word properly. It was Zenimax, wasn't it? Zenimax well, yes, parent company. But who knows what Zenimax is? You know what Vanessa is. You know what Zenimax yeah. is. Uh, but but that was only pocket change. I mean, that was seven point five billion dollars. Uh, that was you know was. down the back of the sofa compared to this, wasn't it? Really, definitely, but definitely. The, in terms of Game Pass, though, because this is really going to bolster Game Pass now. Yeah, Phil Spencer was basically saying, yeah, upon close, we will offer as many of the Activision Blizzard games as we can uh, within the Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass, because obviously they're different names now. Uh, so both new titles and the back catalogue, basically. Yeah, I mean, I am going to be looking forward to playing Call of Duty again, not because I like it, but if it's free, so to speak. <laughs> Why not? I'll pick it up World play. of Warcraft, that's a subscription game. Yeah, I is that just going to be in there with Game Pass and no more paying monthly for it? No way, no way. That is a cash cow. I don't think Warcraft will. I think the the old Warcraft, you know, the standalone games, Mm. they will pick up in Game Pass. Wow, I think will be left alone. 
I think you might be able to probably wrap your subscription in with Microsoft. That makes Maybe. sense. A game, a game Pass Plus or something. Yeah, but um, I don't think they'll touch that because I think there's a too many, too many players there in terms of an active fan base that well, they would they don't want to upset. That's my logic in that one. But what they upset will... them by making it free? Yeah, it free it ain't gonna or it, it's the pay keeping the riffraff out <laughs> well maybe maybe but what i was going to say talk about paying and i saw a rumor actually early this week i know it's more of a rumor i think it was a company's an opinion piece come on i saw it now i want to say pc gamer but i'm probably wrong in that basically it was an opinion piece saying that you can expect game pass prices to rise now um game pass will no longer be a loss leader in the sense of you know the, the cost you get for it in that subscription costs will likely go up yeah because disney funny enough on a kind of related slash non-related story disney plus have put their prices up from this august Um, yeah uh which is not surprising given that you know they've they've active subscriptions uh, subscribers have gone up and in terms of bringing it back to game pass then i think uh last figures were around 25 million active subscribers weren't they for game pass yeah so this is absolutely amazing. I think, you know, in terms of like, did not see this coming at all, did it really? <laughs> you know? No, that was completely out of the blue. <laughs> I mean, they now, they now, what? so uh, they've also picked up another 10,000 employees potentially. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so well, Microsoft... And a whole lot of world of pain with all the HR issues going on over there at the moment. Yeah, I didn't want to get too deep into that. I didn't feel that. No, probably... I won't go into it, but there's a lot probably of issues super... to sort out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it you, you doesn't take a lot to quickly Google up uh, Activision, HR, uh, CEO, those sort of things to, to see. There's been quite a lot of, as you say, HR issues, some sexual yep. misconduct, all kinds of uh, problems over there, which hopefully will get ironed out and people that are responsible for it, you know, perhaps will part ways with the company. But yes, definitely... Uh, something Microsoft will be keen to close the door on and ensure that it is properly dealt with. But I guess the other thing with this is that Microsoft are going to look to have nearly 30 development studios now underneath this. Wow, that's that's huge, isn't it? I mean, you know, over the days when Microsoft Gaming was basically Minesweeper and, uh, you know, Flight Sim and you've got oh, Combat Flight Sim. <laughs> Now, now it's like every major AAA title. Who owns it? Ah, yes, Microsoft. (laughs) This is what I think the regulators are going to have a couple of words to say here. They will indeed. uh, I suspect to to, to say like, well, so let's talk about this. But I mean, you know, reaction across the market was pretty good, wasn't it? There was a lot of buzz um, around, you know, this across all the social medias. You know, Phil Phil Spencer uh, put out uh, some press releases, didn't he? Talked about, you know, how they're going to sort of handle this which kind of leads us i guess then to the losers in this story um so a certain japanese company really felt Mm. some pain didn't they 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 did uh shortly after the announcement (laughs) the stock market lost faith in sony and wiped 20 billion of its of its uh share price in just under 24 hours and they weren't making it and the market weren't just being against any other studio because they actually, the, you know, the prices of things like Square Enix and Capcom all, all rose three, four, five percent in, in the aftermath of this. And Konami, Sony yeah. was the yeah, Sony was the one that just took a, a it beating. tanked basically, didn't it? It, it did tank. It yeah. ended a twenty-one year high apparently. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, um, you know, because if you think you know PlayStation, you know things like Call of Duty, uh, along with Xbox, is a is a core yeah. franchise that sits on there. You also mentioned, you said about, you know, there are two of the key, um, I want to say sort of anchor uh, franchises, weren't they, that PlayStation have had, which is Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot has just yeah. been re-released, hasn't it, as a new game for PS5. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how relevant they, those two are nowadays, but they certainly were in its history. I think for, for nostalgia basis, I mean, Crash Bandicoot is a is a sort of key place. I mean, I remember playing those yeah. games on the PS1, but yeah, you're right. Perhaps today, not such the same as you know, some of the other, the bigger games here. But this, I think, is a, not a, this is nowhere death knell for Sony. What this no, is, is no. that, and, this and is a, Phil's, go on. You want to say, Phil Spencer did say that, uh, you know, they're still talking to Sony. They continue to bring, bring out games on PlayStation. But whether that's just a, mm, him playing nice until the regulators are done, I don't know. No, I mean, 
I don't think I say I don't think this is Death Nail Talk. So what I think this is is Sony have capitalised on being the leader for the last like twenty plus years since I guess the advent of the PlayStation. Sony yep. climbed up to the top of the video gaming ranks, did they not? You know, they they yep. they smashed Sega out of the park. Um, you know, in terms of Sega had their great hold with the you know with all of their all their consoles. Yep. They kind of cemented Nintendo as the family, uh, <laughs> you know, games yep. player, didn't they? Exactly. And Sony and Sony position themselves as the console of choice and the you know the, the platform of choice for gamers. Yeah, and you know even the first couple of Xboxes, I don't think really until the Xbox 360 did Microsoft start really to gain traction in that space at all. Um, well, exactly, exactly, and I, I think obviously Sony have always uh, positioned themselves as obviously the console for gamers, but it's all about the exclusives. Yeah, which are mm, which going, is going now going to ha- turn around and hurt them because Microsoft have gone. I can have some of that exclusive pie, and I've got the money to back it up. I'll just buy the game studios. Well, that's this is it now, isn't it? This is the whole thing. Is that you know, Microsoft weren't heavily investing in games. I don't think before the Xbox was there, they were. They obviously were investing in Xbox itself, yeah. but there wasn't the, the as you say the studio backing that Sony had to to drive forward those exclusivities. And it just felt for a long time with the Xbox that the only kind of exclusivities was Halo. You know. You know, and Sony had all the other kind of key games that were out, but yeah, definitely now, I think you know the next the next couple of years is going to be very interesting for Sony, as perhaps be. as they they renegotiate because I think it would be not in Microsoft's favor to to allow Sony to fail or or, or Sony to to be damaged beyond because, as you said, from a competition point, yep. if they kill the competition, they're gonna they're gonna be forced to. To park ways with some of these these uh, acquisitions, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So Sony needs to. They need Sony. They need Sony. They need Sony to be there. They need Sony to compete with them. But it's going to cost. I think it's going to cost Sony to ensure that they're going to have these uh, these other you know games there. But yep, yeah, I, I'm. I would be interested to see how long you know it's going to take for Sony to to regain some of that loss. And if they do, because you know PS5 had a bit of a I don't want to say a rocky launch because that's probably underplaying it. You know, the PS5 launch was not great, was it? There was too much hype I mean, around. The Series X launch wasn't great either from a supply point of view. No, but I think the PS5 fa- fared worse given that yeah, you know, definitely, yeah. people are trying to get hold of it. Um, you know, the whole system around PlayStation, you know, PlayStation, or is it not PlayStation now, but, you know, the, the PlayStation Pass thing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're not competing properly. We talked about that at length before, how yeah. they're not competing properly with Game Pass. Um, so it I, I yeah, I'm not sure. I just there's a lot I clearly it's you know the headquarters of Sony, uh and particularly the PlayStation business, there's probably a lot of tough conversations going on right now. Massively. I I wonder if they're gonna buy some more studios. Are they gonna try and hoover up a load of smaller studios? But what well, or maybe they'll call in the, the epic acquisition. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that three, you, didn't it? You were like, I can, I can hear the cogs wheeling from it. Like, what, what, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, but maybe. yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, because we're looking at what's it? Play, uh, what's coming out of PlayStation soon? Kind of top titles. I mean, the new Gran Turismo. Gran been... Turismo, yeah, definitely. That's that's, that's how. It's you know, it. I can't and. Yes. Yeah, I just it's there's nothing that jumps out to me to say. Oh is there yeah, a new that's PS5. Horizon one, isn't there? Horizon Zero? No, I can't remember. It's a new Horizon game, isn't there? Yeah, Not we talked about Horizon, but the no. Horizon Zero, whatever it is. And we talked about last week about the uh, the new VR capabilities for the PS5, which again yep. is fantastic. There's no you know, that no doubt about that. Talking VR and console, Sony, that is all yours. And um, I just gets yeah, bugs me. But... Microsoft could just get that done in a heartbeat. They've got Windows Mixed Reality already in there, guaranteed. Oh, it's sat there waiting. Yeah, it's sat there. But it's, I want... it's part I... of. It's all based on the same core code, Windows base. It's in there. So whether they choose to do something with it or not, I think though that Microsoft's viewpoint is right now. Their argument is how many how many casual players would want to sit in their living room with a headset on. Yeah. Whereas you can play games co-op, you know, console, console for the kids, whatever. It's a very niche set of games that for VR, isn't it? It is, yeah, you definitely. Know? I just that's my that's my wondering. I think you're right. It's a bit like the Connect thing. 
I know PlayStation carried that on, and they kind of PlayStation took it further, didn't they? With the PlayStation, uh, what was it called? Move. Move. Move um, yeah. But Connect kind of died a death and all that kind of stuff. Um, where did the we talked about this before? Where did Connect? Where did the Connect technology come up? Didn't we talk about this a little couple of weeks ago? Was the Connect came... technologies. Oh. Is it a TV? Isn't it? Oh, it didn't was. it pop Who up? It? Oh, Amazon, I can't remember now. Uh, I can't remember one of them, but it's capable, basically it's the same software, isn't it? Oh, it's the Sky TV. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's a glass, the yeah. Sky Glass, isn't it? Yeah, a glass. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, so big, big, big news at the moment. Like I say, it's all buzz at the moment. But the you know the intricate details of what's going to happen with this acquisition, it obviously will be drip fed to us over the next few months. And as we as we rightfully expect, uh, we'll be back, no doubt. Probably in the next couple of weeks is the first investigation for the FTC and CMA and the European regulators and who anybody else who fancies a quick poke at Microsoft will be joining that to uh, to say we're not entirely convinced that that $69 billion acquisition is good for the market. No, and talking of investigations uh, oh, yes. and our friends the CMA, the Competition of Markets Authority in the UK, uh, Jesus, they're at it again. I this told you time, they've got more budget. It's got, to be. got more budget. You need to spend it, or you lose it. Uh, this time they're going after Norton Lifelock. Lock Life? Sorry. Who are they? Not... No, Lifelock. This... That's it. Yes. As in crappy antivirus software that's bundled on your computer. And yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, so it was not uh, some semantics sold them off, didn't they? The brand right, Norton yeah. off to Lifelock, uh, who now do their Norton software. But they're looking to buy. A vast, me hearties, <laughs> that other antivirus competitor. Hang on, weren't a vast? I don't know if you saw. Did you not advance this last week on yeah. Huawei phones? I think some other devices were were tagging loads of um, applications as um, malware, a malicious app and were malicious really? software. Yeah. Uh, loads of false positives in the last couple of weeks around um, of these apps, and it, but I saw a report. It was particularly on Huawei devices, funnily enough, which did make me chuckle. Oh, okay, but yeah, so so not on LifeLock. Uh, splashed eight billion purchase on on, on a vast, and uh, so yes, the uh, CMA have. Um, well, they're inviting for comments at the moment from the industry oh. and interested parties. I got some comments. Your software's rubbish. Stop bundling uh, things, <laughs> especially your new crypto mining stuff. Oh yes, perhaps they should have a chat about that rather than around than buying a competitor. Oh, oh, I know, but then the competitor will not have it in. But yeah, so so the uh, the comments is open to the sixteenth of March, uh, and the C- the CMA have said they're considering whether it it is or may be the case that this transaction if carried into effect, will result in the creation of a relevant merger situation under the Mergers Provision of Enterprise Act. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so basically, it's whether it's going to substantially damage the market in the UK for antivirus. Well, I wonder if it is. I mean, the home AV market, let's be honest, this isn't enterprise, is it? Oh, this, yeah. you know, this, this, this is terrible. Because enterprise commercial AV market is, yeah. is a million miles away from what these guys are doing with, you know, uh, EDR and, uh, and, and, you know, more around advanced AI detection machine learning yeah. capabilities. You know, this is classic heuristic um, scanning, isn't it? You know, Signatures, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the problem I think with these guys is, and I think one of the things was it, that the CMA also had a go at McAfee for last year and Autumn yeah. themselves was around their renewal processes, wasn't it? Particularly around, oh, it was, yeah. uh, you know, customers being automatically signed up for another year and getting... And scare um, tactics to go with it. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen it. You know, people are... I've dealt with it in the family myself with, you know, yeah. relatives who have thought that they needed to have AV, so they've bought this. And it's like, well, actually, what do you do? You know, you're running Windows 10. Defender does a pretty good job, quite frankly. That's a pretty <laughs> um, decent job. It's like, you've, you know, what if I told you you already had antivirus built in for yeah. free? Yeah, for life. Know, <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know, Microsoft Security. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's pretty damn good, you know. Actually, <laughs> you know, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. You know, no, in, in the grand in the grand scheme of things, oh, it's it not, is. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, I, yeah, I'm a Windows man. We're a Windows household. We have Windows Defender. I don't buy any other antivirus. No, no. I mean, obviously, at work and you know, things like that, we're using things, you know things like uh, CrowdStrike and uh, other players in the market there, you know, Carbon Black. It's a very different kind of yeah. fish. But, yeah, this is, um, you know, 
it's not sure. So, you know, Norton themselves have come out and said, haven't they, that there's a statement, this is a normal expected process. <laughs> Basically, we saw this coming. <laughs> and we're not going to do. I, I mean, just quite frankly, I just wish these companies would go away. I mean, they're just, they're yeah. I mean, if I could buy CrowdStrike or Carbon Black for personal use, oh, I would. Yeah. I I'd mean... actually feel I'm getting something for my money there. There was a time when companies, I mean, I remember some years back, really going back some years, I remember when Avast um, were quite big in the MSP market. You know, yeah. and you, you know, we used to sell it. Uh, one of my sort of first early jobs in the MSP, you know, managed service provider sort of market. You know, Vast mm. was one of the things we used to resell, uh, and it used to be kind of decent, I think, if I recall. You know, it wasn't too bad. Um, you were selling the uh, the SMB, the, the version, yeah, the yeah, version. yeah. It wasn't it, but I mean, these days, I mean, that I guess, how do you compete? That's the problem, isn't it? If you and the problem is also with a lot of the freemium versions in that. What are you getting for your money, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to go free, just stick with this Defender. Yeah, and most of these products now offer, you know, what's I think I saw the day when, like, the Norton ones, like some kind of privacy protection and things like I mean, really? Are you, how are you doing you're that? Bundling VPNs in. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, exactly. And then the other one was like um, uh, the crypto wallet, wasn't it? <laughs> Was it along with the crypto mining? Well, the crypto you know. wallet. I mean, Norton is just, just recently, and we'll, we'll be a vast, and it will be AVG that owns both of those. Have that's built, it. That's uh, crypto a... mining into the uh, app. Well, they have, yeah, yeah. It so was, sorry. You, they pull you along. Uh, sorry, pull your resources, and when you're not using a machine, it, it eats all your CPU and GPU to mine. And then, so not only have you paid for Norton, you then have to give fifteen percent of your cut to Norton uh, as a fee for handling your crypto. <laughs> Oh, and obviously there's the cost of your electricity as well and wear and tearing on the machine you need to factor in. And you're not going to make any money out of this whatsoever. But no, Norton will. No. no. But uh, Norton will. The AVG, by the way, that was it. That was who we used to resell years ago. Oh, AVG, yep. Yeah, they were pretty good. I used to, I used to run that on all my machines because we used to obviously get the SMB version. But that's a, Of course, yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean crypto i mean we got we got a crypto story in a bit but i mean oh we have we <laughs> it's just like it's and so you know crypto uh safe on your home machine with some norton software mm, okay yeah we'll pause that thought but yes so uh, norton cma are going to give norton a bit of a looking at for their acquired uh, 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 i can't say the word acquisition excuse me acquisition. Of, of of a vast which yeah neither of us are using neither of us are going to recommend but uh yes we thought it was quite funny yeah, yeah. Talking of, um, actually, before we talk to them about the next story, then around uh, Google, actually, let's have a quick talk about the crypto one on that point. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so well, I so mean, I mean, it's a bad month for losing money, isn't it? I mean, certainly with really the twenty is. billion, and now Crypto dot com uh, have admitted to losing thirty million, or sorry, having thirty million dollars stolen by hackers. So that. Wow. That and that actually said that they lost four hundred and forty-three Bitcoin, four thousand eight hundred and thirty-six uh, Ethereum, Ethereum tokens. I can never Ethereum. say it. No, Ethereum, Ethereum. tokens. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, it took place on what, the seventeenth of January, didn't it? Yes. Oh dear, indeed. But apparently, I mean, the, we don't have the details of the exact method of compromise. It's, it's still a bit unclear at the moment. But um, they have said. Um, that somehow the hackers managed to bypass the 2FA authentication controls in place um, and therefore make off of all the money. So if you can bypass the 2FA, they weren't very well implemented, was it? Well, I was just going to say that. I mean, surely if Ow. you're dealing with customers' money, right, you want yep. to have decent you know, security uh, in, in place. I mean, because yeah. this isn't the first exchange, is it, to... Uh, no, far from it. <laughs> ...to be affected. I mean, this is... I mean, so it's... According to, the, as you say, the post, was it 483crypto.com users have their accounts yeah. customised? Somebody they went have, on a little yeah. spending spree, did they not? I mean... They did. I mean, if they not hold a, heard of cold wallets, generally I you just... hold a large part of your reserve offline in a cold storage wallet. Yeah, and then you move it into trans yeah. services. So, I mean, or maybe 30 million is a small part of their holdings. They held 
much more than that. I don't know because they have said that they've repaid the, they fully reimbursed the, uh, the the hacked accounts in full. Well, that was the bit that made me puzzle. So you've just got you've got thirty million dollars lying around then that you've paid for it because surely, unless it is insurance payout, I I question. Um, maybe I mean maybe they're making such a large profit. Maybe thirty million is a drop in the ocean. I don't know. Or... Well, I think it must mm. be because I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand up here and say I had never heard of Crypto.com. I mean, no, I had not either. But they are apparently one of the biggest brands in cryptocurrency. Uh, so they they sponsor they have several sponsorship deals, including uh, a rename of the Staples Center in LA to the Crypto.com Arena. Oh, really? Okay, they have got a bit of cash then. They also have got deals with the UFC Fight League, uh, the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers, NBA, uh, the NBA team, and also the Montreal Canadiens NHL team. And also with the Australian Football League, which could bring them in about, uh, or sorry, is worth around $1.5 billion in a sponsorship. Wow. So, oh. okay. So, yeah, maybe maybe $30 million was just a drop of the ocean. So, hence why it wasn't in cold storage. Possibly. I mean, do you remember what I was saying about that cold wallet, though? Do you remember that guy that, was it a couple of years, the other year? I think it was two years ago. <laughs> that guy who died. Yep. And yes, and he has all that money in the wallet and no one knows the password. But there's rumours around actually whether or not he did die or not, wasn't it? <laughs> whether he faked oh, his was, own death. I don't know what the values were, but it was it was it Several was millions, million, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it, yeah. It was a lot of money and maybe he's just faked his death. Well, on that kind of tangent, wasn't there in the past couple of weeks um, the, what the guy's name? Is it Dr. Wright? Um, the guy who thinks that he's, or oh, claims he, to be. He, he's uh the inventor, he claims he's the inventor of uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I can't. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know whether I want to try and butcher. Um, <laughs> he claims he claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, isn't he? Nakamoto, yeah, that's the one. He he claims to be it, and it's Doctor. I think is it Doctor Craig Wright? I think it is Doctor Wright, isn't it? Craig, yeah, he's a Craig, UK Craig, guy, isn't he? Yeah. Craig Wright claims to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he claims to be, uh, you know, the um, the inventor of Bitcoin, and apparently he won. I think uh, I didn't. He won a lawsuit back in December over a potential fifty-seven billion dollar crypto fortune. Yeah, I, I haven't read too much into that one, so I can't comment on there. I don't think, but uh, it just seems. But he's it just seems to be. It, no, I I don't think we're ever going to know who this person is. No, because all he are. all he needs to do to prove it is him is, is to unlock the... some money out of that original wallet. Yeah. So why has he never done that? Why has he never done? Because that? that would it, it would clear that up in seconds. But that wallet has never been touched, has it? No, not, and it's got an absolute fortune in it. Absolutely. Bizarre. If you were the inventor and you had access to that wallet, why go for all this media circus? And his court cases, just open it up and live off the money. I did see something interestingly, though, when I was doing some research, right? That back in yep. uh, October last year, um, the uh, the crypto wallet uh, owned by him mysteriously uh, reactivated. Owned by? Uh, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Okay. So apparently... It uh, reactivated uh, back in uh, October last year um, and had been dormant for 11 years. Wow. But nobody knows who touched it or who logged into it or what. Wow. Okay. But the value had gone up a million dollars since it was last apparently looked at. Isn't it worth billions and billions? Uh, yeah. But as in, I think it just somebody put some a million dollars had changed in it. Very peculiar. Okay. Very peculiar. But you're right. If you were, if you were right, then you would. Um, you would, as you say, log in somewhere and move money around and, and the transaction would be seen on the blockchain, wouldn't it? Um, so it's very peculiar. Yeah. But yeah, crypto.com, though, uh, obviously have plenty of money to be able to pay back that 30 million to their, their customers. Ooh, yeah. But this is this is ongoing, isn't it? The whole crypto thing around these exchanges, you know. Um, yeah. What was the one, the, the big one the other year? Was it Mount Mount Grox? Was, was it? Yeah, that yeah. was one of the biggest ones. Gox, wasn't it? sorry, Gox, Mount Gox, wasn't it? Sorry, that was the big one that uh, yeah that uh, they lost, and they and they lost back in twenty fourteen. They lost eight hundred and fifty thousand bitcoin. Oh, imagine what eight hundred fifty thousand bitcoin would be now. I don't, I can't even comprehend. 
Um, <laughs> that is a lot, a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah. So in 2011, they lost. In 2011, they lost 25,000 Bitcoin, which at the time was valued at four hundred thousand dollars back in 2011. Well, it's worth um, twenty nine billion now. Um, <laughs> that's. I don't think. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's like that's a bad day because the Bitcoin has plummeted down to forty five thousand pound of, of dollars of Bitcoin at the moment. Yeah, so I think I think that was around sixty. I think that's like sixty seven. I want to say 67 or 66, yeah, 600, something like 600 million, I think, or roughly speaking, rough mass there. But yeah, it's a lot of yeah. money. Um, yeah, crypto. I, look, I mean, I use Coinbase for mine. I mean, I'm telling everybody now. Woo. Uh, I use Coinbase for my small holdings. Cough, cough, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and I, but I just, I'm still, I don't know what it is. I'm still reluctant to plow any kind of money into it. I mean, I've never really dabbled yeah. in more than a few hundred. Um, I just, Something to me just never seems right about it, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a it's wild just me. west out there. It is. It's so unregulated, isn't it? Um, it's very speculative, isn't it? Spec. Yeah, you are. You're. You're. It's. It's pure speculation, and I think that's where the Chinese regulators, uh, you know, cracking down massively on it, have obviously killed a lot of the uh, the market there, haven't they? Because deregulation yep. is is really not a good thing. But yeah, the stock market. I mean. Uh, tech stocks, not just Bitcoin. Tech stocks have plummeted in the last m- over the last month, certainly the last few days. Uh, absolutely coming down, aren't they? All over the shop. Yeah. And I think that's the uncertainty across the whole of the stock markets with the Ukraine situation at the moment. But anyway, we've gone off completely off tangent there. So where were we? Yes, <laughs> back back to Google then. So Google and Android on Windows still not actually here, is it? But it seems no, if you're in three countries at least, you can uh, sign up to this new beta for Android gaming on Windows 11. Then. Uh, yes, yes, you can. Um, well, <laughs> just, no, yeah. I love that. Well, there's a cab. I got excited about it. I thought oh, I'll give this a go, and it's about like 15, 20 minutes I've got here. But uh, I don't live in Hong Kong, South Korea, or Taiwan. <laughs> Darn it! Don't. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah. that's what we do. We like we need a Homer Simpson. Don't <laughs> we do? Yeah, yeah. I am living in the wrong part of the world for this. So, yeah, it is a beta. It's been released in in those three countries. But um, interestingly, Google is is promising seamless game gameplay sessions between phone, tablet, Chromebook, and Windows PC to so start playing a one and pick up on the other. Uh, I'm not really sure how they're achieving that. Because uh, they've said it's not game streaming. It is, well, they haven't said what it is, but they said it's not game streaming. So I'm guessing it's some kind of virtualization tech. Haven't we? Isn't, isn't, doesn't Bluestacks do that? Oh, well, yeah, of course it does. And this is, yeah, it's, it's got to be. It's the same as Microsoft's, uh, is it Android subs? No, is it the Windows subsystem for Android? Yeah. Uh, just like their one for Linux. Uh, Bluestacks does something similar. Uh, so, yeah, it's got to be some kind of virtualization. But, yeah, I'm interested to see how they're achieving that kind of uh, seamless transfer of gameplay sessions. Yeah, that that did puzzle me as well because it's always like a bit like cloud sync, isn't it, and things like that that you'd have on, you know. Um... Well, I imagine that's got to have some kind of SDK behind it and built into the game. Yeah, you're not going to just any game, is it? It's going to have to be no. certain titles that support it. I I I'm still interested by the whole Google on Windows thing more from a kind of weird curiosity than a I really want. This. Yeah. I've got no I'm real sure. need for it. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm no, like... I was trying to think of a need for it. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, know. all of the Google applications that I interact with reasonably are all web-based anyway. I'm like, yep. are there actually any Android apps realistically that I need to use? You know, I, I, I kind of struggle with it. I just, no. I you know, I, I guess if you're, I guess if you're in the Android um, ecosystem, yeah, then this is a great thing because, you know, fantastic. I can now bring Android onto my main gaming, um, or my main productivity platform, you know, rather a bit like iOS and yep. macOS, isn't it, you know? Yep. And, you know, there's a real kind of, I guess, synchronicity around having the apps there and you can move from one to the other. But if you're not, I, I don't see any value. I'm just yeah, I'm, puzzled I'm by Windows it. and iOS. So, um, <laughs> and that's not exactly any linking to ever. No, 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 it's not. I would love the ability to start writing some iMessages on my Windows machine, uh, but that's not going to happen. 
Yeah, I, I just wonder whether this is to have a competition, a comp- look, competitive arm against iOS macOS potentially. It's to have a story they can tell, isn't it? It's got to be because we still haven't got the core, win- the core Android store experience, which they promised on Windows 11 yet. Nope. Uh, no. Though apparently the subsystem for Android did is in like speeders and you can use it, but there's no storefront yet. No, but there's no play. Google Play still isn't fully supported. It's only it won't be Google Play. It's 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 not going to be Google Play. Therefore, well, you sorry, Amazon, isn't it? Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, I guess it would be nice to have had Google Play. But yes, the Amazon App Store is is going to be there, which doesn't, yeah makes me chuckle as well. Um, that that was a weird place. But I just <laughs> again, it's just it just puzzles me. I guess around the whole uh, the whole premise of it. But you know, what yeah. do I know? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Okay, so moving on from one non-existent thing to another, then. <laughs> yeah, see what yeah, I did there. We mentioned, I know, I know. As we mentioned, Wi-Fi Seven has been announced. I told you, we I've not saying. got Wi-Fi Six <laughs> or Six E. I'm not got. I'm still running Wi-Fi Five. Yes, but, it uh, works fine. It sounds mighty impressive, but maybe I'll just wait for Wi-Fi Seven. Uh, now, it's not. You know, the Wi-Fi Alliance haven't finalised it as yet. But they do this quite often, don't they? We, I think we had... Did we have Wi-Fi 5 kit before it had been finalised? Or AC? They did, Wi-Fi didn't they? AC Wi-Fi came out as a... Yeah, AC, there was AC, Unfinished AC spec, kit. didn't it? Yeah. That was it, yeah. yeah. But I so said, this is Wi-Fi 7, snazzily named IEEE 802.11be. Catchy. Um, I'll stick to <laughs> Wi-Fi 7, thank you. But this is the bit. It, it's Theoretically, this will have a max throughput of at least 30 gigabytes a second. Again, stress massively. Um, <laughs> but, even, but the theoretical limit of Wi-Fi 6E is 9.6. So Again, that's th- theoretically. Triple, theoretically. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, Wi-Fi 5 is 3.5 gigabits per second, isn't it? Which Yeah. You know. So I'm waiting for these brand new Wi-Fi 7 access points of over 30 gigabit a second transfer and a stick or one gig Ethernet on the other end. Just, you know that's what they'll do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I can't swap out all my gear again. It's like don't do this. To I me. know the amount of kit I keep looking at. I'm looking at some of the new Wi-Fi six E ones, and they're still quite a lot of them. Still, only got one gig, uh, gig, uh, gigabit mix on them. I'm like, but even not theoretically, I can pull more than one gig from a Wi-Fi six E. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just. Look, I'm all for this. This is great. I did make me smile oh, though. Yeah. The company, the company that says that it was MediaTek, wasn't it? Our friends with their super, their super um, mobile chips. Yeah, they were um, showing live demos apparently to potential customers. Uh, customers they were, as in yeah. manufacturers, not as in me and you. You're me. Yeah, I mean, look, Wi-Fi six spec is pretty impressive. I am personally, like I said, would like some of that kit. I don't want to have to rip out all my Unify gear again. Uh, or I no. said stress again. What no. I mean is rip out my kit to put in another one because i've got a unified kit across house and uh, yeah. as you know i've just picked up another ap for the upstairs of my house i'm like yeah that's staying as wi-fi 5 for as long as it's gonna take yeah um, I'm, I'm waiting for unified to bring out the wi-fi 6e kit before i contemplate doing any upgrades yeah i mean i bought second hand a couple of bits because i didn't need to to go any further but yeah definitely if they could do like like i tell you what if they want to do swap over i'll give you all my old kit you give me new kit with a slight discount job done i'm happy for that yeah trading program why not trading program but we're at least definitely gonna have to wait till 2023 though for wi-fi 7 um yeah because by then we might be we might be streaming 8k around the house cough 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 uh unlikely i mean but but these speeds are quite impressive, and the fact that they're running on the same spectrum bands as well. Uh, yeah, well oh, sorry, the I... bit that I really liked—not well—I liked the thirty gig a second, but uh, was the it supports ML, sorry, MLO, which is multi-link operational capabilities. Basically, it would jump between frequency bands uh, simultaneously to help you avoid con- uh, interference and congestion. So we have to use like two point four, five, and six simultaneously from access point to client. Well, let's just say because it's using the same uh, antennas as Wi-Fi six, the same three hundred twenty hertz megahertz channels. Um, no, sorry, Wi-Fi six is only uh, sorry. 160 Wi-Fi yeah. six is one hundred sixty megahertz. Excuse me, sorry, it's using uh, three hundred twenty megahertz, but the same yeah. antenna set as Wi-Fi six. So, yeah, I mean, definitely the fact that you can jump between those um, the channels is is a great feature because we that do you remember channel jumping came back in when was that 
Wi-Fi 5 started, some devices started doing that, didn't they? But it wasn't very effective. That's it. Multi, yes, the multi in uh, multi output. Pointing antennas at different directions and beaming signals. Yeah, so, which like, was never great. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that was never great. But actually, if you could properly automatically channel hop um, and jump between them to avoid any interference, that would be very, very good. And definitely there'd be a lot mm. of, I can see a lot of um, applications for that um, in maybe transportation industry, perhaps, yeah, where there's going to be other channels there. Uh, you know, yeah. Talking around certain, you know, places where spectrum bands are close together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, yes, exactly. Airports. You know, a lot of Wi-Fi in airports, but there's also 5G airports. Oh, yes. The 5G story, it comes back around. So <laughs> last week, if you listen to us, you may recall that, yes, all of the several airlines in the US had got rather upset, didn't they, around landing their planes at airports. Yep where 5G may be present and particularly around the close to the C band of 5G. And they were worried about auto landing so much so that the FAA issued, you know, a directive to say that at these airports, there is no auto land, no reliance on altimeters yeah. in, you know, certain conditions. And my friend well, was delayed several hours going out. Got back on time, though, coming back this way, even though we've got 5G. Yeah, oh, yes, that's because, oh, that's right, in the last week, they, the FAA, have done a U-turn, and they've just said now there's clearances for 13 different altimeter uh, models. Yep. That means that they're licensed to work basically across pretty much all of the Boeing commercial range and pretty much yep. every aircraft in the Airbus commercial yeah. range, and as well as what other... about what 78 percent of US planes are now cleared <sighs> for low visibility conditions. That's right. 5G on. <laughs> That's right. Yes. There is no disruption and they are confident that there's no issues whatsoever with this at all. They've decided the right. and, of, and also the FC two years ago, it's been discovered that the FCC, the Federal uh, Communications Commission, decided yeah. that C-band spectrum was safe to use. Yeah. What yeah, the so hell, I mean, guys? The, the FA didn't do anything. Basically, I mean, and that's been that's come to light. I did nothing. So what the FCC did the testing in February 2020 yep. and cleared it. The FAA did nothing at that point. They didn't think, right, well, we'll test it. And then, obviously, the SEC did their auction in a year later, February 2020, where they sold it off for $81 billion to the carriers, and the FAA still did nothing. And it's basically only after the White House uh, personally intervened uh, a month or so ago that the FAA actually stood up and started testing these things. Which is what <laughs> we mean, said last week, wasn't it? We, I said, this is everything we said last sat week. sat on their ass and done nothing. But it also turns out, isn't it, that a consumer advocacy group called Public Knowledge, a uh, spokesman for them, Harold Feld, who's uh, one of the attorneys there, um, state told uh, Ars Technica that, according to them, that the FAA should have started setting up a process to evaluate alternatives shortly after the FCC approved the use of the spectrum. Yeah. Exactly, exactly those things. If you're going to sell off a spectrum that is close to use with you know, protected equipment, wouldn't you test it? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you test it? I mean... Just the ludicrousness of this, it just winds me up. And the fact now that actually, you know, they've basically turned around, as you say, 78% of aircraft are now cleared. That 78% is pretty much every major aircraft. The only ones that aren't cleared are the lower uh, regional type aircraft. But there's speculation that they will be cleared within the next weeks and months. Exactly. And this has just come, what, three days after (laughs) the CEOs of United Airlines, American Airlines, among many others... Signed a letter claiming that 5G on the C-band would cause catastrophic disruption to the air travel. <laughs> uh, and it now comes, also comes like that the airline's own technical experts who said uh, that are working on it tell us it's really not that complicated once they're able to share information and work on it. I know. It's so like... once we start working on this, it's actually pretty simple. But for the last three years, we didn't work on it. I just, I just it's just got... <laughs> Well, like I say, it's, it's, not the we- it's not called the weekly tech round for no reason, but it's just like, oh, it's like hand in mouth at this point in time. of like, what is wrong with you people? I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ. I just could, both when, government bodies. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. That's the thing. problem. You know, the F- we've, we've got a lot of beef for the FCC anyway, the way they've been acting around net neutrality for the last couple of years anyway. Oh, but, massively. Um, but, uh, he's gone and it's all got a lot better now. <laughs> but this just, just like, my God, what's wrong with you? I'm like, but yes, it would seem then that clearly we are now safe to fly again with 5G. Oh, that we weren't beforehand. But yes, I'm waiting to see what the... 
I'm waiting to see what the next big complaint will be when the. You know, when when they start rolling out, maybe I don't know different spectrum bands or whatever. But yeah, well, well, crazy. Uh, the F the uh, FAA haven't actually confirmed it. They will still be able to fly once they ramp up the power in six months' time. Because obviously, um, the carriers have said they're doing lower power around airports for now, haven't they? They have, but I just I just feel that kind of moment is more of a well, well, well. We like, yeah, we t- we see your approval, but um, 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 we're not convinced. Uh, 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 move on, you know. Or it just means we did half ass testing on the ones we've just certified. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we just put it in front of a Which microwave. Is probably more likely. <laughs> <laughs> we put it in front of a microwave. Did it go off? No, yeah, it works fine. Move on. Fine, it's fine. But wait, that's not five G. That's two point four. <laughs> no, nobody's listening. Keep going. <laughs> oh, good. God. Oh, anyway, anyway, moving away before I get, I somehow <laughs> like, you know, heart attack or something. So then the other story before we jump into the last couple of things around the films and the rumor mill is the old Intel arc, which we still haven't seen a real oh, yeah. one yet, but some, no, more, some more details have been leaked on the mobile uh, chips, haven't they, Carl? Well, I thought I'd start with desktop first, as that was the shorter one. Oh, okay. But, uh, there were some benchmark, unsubstantiated benchmark releases <laughs> last week. Because <laughs> obviously we don't know. Uh, from a bit of software called Sci Software, they do a benchmarking kind of software, um, basically. And they've got some benchmarks from what ports to be the top end 512 execution core unit, the, the big daddy, and it puts it on par with a Nvidia RTX 3070 Ti. Which is, there's a pause. There's a pause. True. I feel there's a pause. <laughs> if, they're, if they're true, that's good. But obviously these are unconfirmed numbers. It's also probably worth remembering at this stage that this is probably dev hardware with dev dev drivers, so not final. And also, <laughs> Intel seemed to have removed all reference of Q1 from their website. <laughs> it now just says 2022. So uh, I'm not sure be... when we're going to be seeing these desktop boards. That wouldn't be the global silicon ductor shortage, would it now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I was hoping Intel joining the, the party here would help with that, but possibly not. Well, I saw, funny enough, I did see a post on Twitter the other day from the European, uh, I think it was the European Union was um, the president, uh, as it Ursula von der Leyen, basically saying around yeah. that, you know, Europe needs to uh, build up their own their own um, semiconductor processing and stuff like that, yeah. to, to, to help out. <laughs> Pat Gelsinger replied to me, <laughs> Intel's ready to step up and help you. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll build a fab in the, in the EU somewhere. Yeah, we'll put some subsidies. So, yeah, so the desktop one. Let's talk about subsidies. <laughs> yes. So, the desktop one then, on paper at least, then, 3070 spec comparison. That's, just, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for that. I mean, 3070 is where I'd be looking. But the laptop ones then, the mobile chips, are also pretty beefy as well from the kind of yeah, options that have been, been touted. Infographics, doesn't there? It looks like it's from an Intel slide that's been leaked. Um, <clears throat> And they've got what uh, four SKUs, ranging from kind of the small bottom end, and these are the discrete GPUs, aren't they? They're not the ones built into the 12th gen itself. No. So we've we've got the small ones with what? What we got? Uh, four gig of RAM, uh, 128 execution cores, etc. All up to a big daddy that comes with 512 execution cores, 16 gig of RAM on a laptop. Uh, VRAM, I should say. It just looks huge, doesn't it? I mean, yes, because eight eight VRAMs, two fifty six bit, sixteen gig of RAM. You know, that's kind of that's. Yeah. I mean, that's desktop territory, really, isn't it? I mean, even the next one down, well, the, the second skew is kind of close. Ti, it's only got eight gig of RAM. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's that going to go in? One of those Razer seventeen inch Razers? <laughs> you know? No, it depends. I mean, Razer on fire at the moment. I mean, they've they've managed to fit a thirty eighty Ti into fourteen inch <laughs> chassis. How did they shoehorn that in there? Don't I mean, know. It, I keep looking at it, but it's only four thousand pounds. I'm like, yeah, back away. You can cook. You can cook a steak on it, by the way, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you really can't put it on your lap. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but so that what's the so that's the top end. So what's the the low end then? So yeah, we had the low end, which was the old four gig of RAM with uh, one twenty eight EUs, uh, and then we in the middle we've got. Uh, We've got an eight gig of RAM one and a twelve gig of RAM with uh, two five six and three eight four, uh, respectively. Um, so it's still fairly decent. Even the eight gig one sounds all right. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I mean, I'd be happy with that and a laptop. That's not bad at all, is it? For casual gaming, maybe sort of you know AAA yeah. games on a low spec. 
yeah playing Again, your android games on windows <laughs> Yeah, overkill. Um, I, I look again on paper, pretty impressive. And even that benchmark from Cysoft around the the desktop one, yeah, I, promising, promising stuff. But I need to, we need to see one. We need to get. I want to see video. Well, of this. I, I want to see one. See the laptop first. I th- uh, well, yeah, I think that was it because we were seeing the OEM ones initially being rolled out, weren't we? The really yeah, they shipped space. OEMs for that, so for the yeah. laptop stuff. But I think we'll start seeing those in the next month or two, along with the twelve series mobile chips. I think we will. I think we will. Okay, so right then, let's move into the final section of the show then, and that's quickly talk through uh, the the films that we didn't talk about last week. You know, slap on the old wrist. So then. <laughs> We uh, we managed to catch up and watch um, over Christmas and obviously into New Year's a couple of films. One of those was Ghostbusters Afterlife, and which uh, came out now way back in um, what was it November? I think was it November time of it last was. year. I went to the cinema to see it. Yeah, you did indeed. Yeah. So if you've been living under a rock somewhere and wondering what the hell this is, Ghostbusters Afterlife is the. Uh, 2021 release and actually the third film in the ghostbusters series it is a direct sequel to ghostbusters 2 which came out way back in uh, 1985 wasn't it yeah i think it was wasn't it had to be yeah Um, Yeah. i was a little kid at that point and which this is you know um this kind of uh takes us on uh back to the story of uh no actually tell a lie ghostbusters 2 i think was 1989 Ghostbusters, okay, the yeah. first, the first Ghostbusters was 85, 84, I think. Sorry. So this is the, the sequel to Ghostbusters 2 um, that, you know, talked around, um, you know, the Ghostbusters themselves. And we kind of thought left it. This is not in any way related to the Ghostbusters remake where they have the all female cast. That's kind of, I guess, I want to, I guess you'd call that like an alternative universe approach, wasn't it? it was, yeah. Um, but yeah, without giving too many spoilers away, the, the premise is, is that, uh, uh, one of the Ghostbusters, Egon Spengler, uh, has yep. died. He's uh, been living out in the country, hasn't he? You know, away from everybody else. He's no longer friends yep. with, with the Ghostbusters. The world has kind of forgotten who the Ghostbusters are. And his his daughter, uh, strange daughter and her kids uh, inherit his house. And from there, they discover things going on in the town where he lives. Um, yep. And there's a big connection to Goza the Gozerian. <laughs> Who uh, any Ghostbusters fans out there will uh, yep. will know about? Remember um, that one. I, you know, again, keeping the spoilers down because some people may not have seen it yet. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, there was a lot of negative, crit- you know, press from critics yeah, saying that you know how bad it was. But I thought this was a really good homage to the Ghostbusters, and in a funny kind of way, felt like it closed out the story. It did, and it say it was a very fitting tribute to Harold Ramis, who obviously passed away in. 2014, uh, who, who played uh, Egon Spengler, uh, hence why he's not there in the film. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, I say I'm not. I, I want to say more. I really do because I really, really love this. But I don't want to give anything away because uh, I think it's definitely worth sitting there and watching it through for the first time without knowing anything. Uh, no, because uh, yeah, it, it was really, really good. Uh, they pretty much had everyone back, didn't they? Yeah, but I was going to say, I don't think it'd be telling too many things to say that yeah, all of the Ghostbusters show up at some point. Again, you know, yep. keep that back. There are Easter eggs all over the show. Massively, if you've seen the yep. trailer, you will have seen um, you know, the the playing with the proton packs and the you know the ghost traps, uh, and also the uh, the Mister Puff, the Ecto One, <laughs> Mister uh, Puff, yep, <laughs> and, the, and the Ecto One, and it's fantastic. You know, really, really nostalgia. I watched this with my son. He, you know, he really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, but you know, I was, you know, it was some. I had to do a bit of explaining. You know, even though he'd seen the first Ghostbusters, kind of didn't, you know, see it how we saw it. He's very young, but, yeah. But for me, this uh, this was pure nostalgia, and like, you know, I love the Ghostbusters films, absolutely loved them, and this kind it of just a, felt, yeah, it, said, it, it felt right, didn't it? You know, yeah, as you said, it felt right. It was a very good end uh, to the Ghostbusters series. Uh, you know, if there is never another one, I'll be a happy man. Uh, <laughs> It, it was just a nice, nice ending. There was. I did see though somewhere that uh, that according to um, a citation on Wikipedia, Dan Aykroyd would like the three surviving Ghostbusters to team up for three sequels. Oh no, no, please don't, no. <laughs> Which, considering they're what knocking on sixties, nearly seventies, <laughs> it's probably not probably, a good idea. Possibly, possibly older. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, you know, retirement home uh, is not the film I'd want to see. I have to say, 
No, no, uh, no. <laughs> well, but Dan yeah. Aykroyd was born in 52, which yeah, makes so, him 70. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, but let's anyway, leave that. We've done free. It was really good. Let's it was a on. very good film and a fantastic, uh, as I say, a fantastic um, send-off for Hamill Ramis and the rest of the Ghostbusters themselves. But yep. highly recommended if you want to dip back into some 1980s nostalgia with 2021 effects, which I think actually they do well look pretty good. But again, you know, some of the effects of the ghosts and the, the demons and that that were, you know, kind of a flashback to the older films. Man, yep. imagine if we had those effects back in the eighties. Whoa, <laughs> man! I think I goes... would, yeah, I'd be in hiding. <laughs> yeah, come out and... again. <laughs> no, as a kid. So the other film this week, uh, again, which is a Netflix special, is "Don't Look Up," which is starring um, oh uh, Who Jennifer isn't Lawrence. It starring? Well, here's the, well, that's Leonardo... a very fan... yeah, you know, Leonardo Blockbuster... DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, uh, and Ron Perlman as well. Just. Oh yes, there. yeah, of course, him, yeah. Um, and it's <clears throat> so the premise here is is a little bit different, is it, to Ghostbusters yeah. in a funny kind of way? So, oh, yeah. take us away, Carl. What what is the premise here? The <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? But a bit more to it. Let's bit more to it. So uh, it's about two low level astronomers uh, who basically discover a planet killing uh, meteor. It's about how they're trying to alert the media. Uh, and not just the media, but the White House itself, uh, and you know, get the word out that in six months' time, everyone is going to die unless something is done. So uh, it's got a kind of vibe of um, Armageddon to it. The fact, yeah. deep impact, Armageddon. You know that we've got yeah. to try and send something up to destroy the asteroid. Uh, but it's it's not really about that. It's more about all the political stuff that comes into play when trying to get anything done in America. It was so so funny. And, it's um, kind of a, it's very much a dark comedy, isn't it? I think that's the debate oh, you're playing. Dark. It's very funny, yeah. but I think pretty much spot on about how this would play out in real life. I mean, so I don't want to spoil it, but I just remember the one bit where they, they've managed to get a meeting with the president <laughs> to talk about to show their plan <laughs> about this asteroid, and he keeps them waiting for what, days. She she she, 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 she keeps them... <laughs> played by uh, Meryl Streep. Yes, it was clearly modelled on Trump. Clearly, oh, uh, this, yeah, I don't think I would give anything away to suggest otherwise. Definitely, no. Um, but she, 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 she keeps them waiting for days, uh, just it, because just, she's too busy dealing with other stuff, really, to worry about uh, a planet. You know, she's got ratings to win. It's just absolute bureaucracy gone mad, isn't it? And the whole premise, as like you say, around the "don't look up" piece, you know. Is is you comes yep. apparent what what don't look up means as you get into the film, but it's, they, the cast was phenomenal as you say. You know who's who is it? Even Mark Rylance pops up, doesn't he? In the film, yep. you've got Himesh Patel, who Pete uh, fans will know him from um, EastEnders in the UK, but also he did that film. Uh, what was the Beatles film? The one where uh, he wakes, bangs his head, oh, and wakes up. And... Uh, yeah, and he's the only one that remembers the Beatles. I can't, I can't remember the song. Um, I know, I know the song. film you mean. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet, who obviously recently in June, he's in that as, as well. Yeah. Uh, Ariana Grande. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I forgot about that. It, yeah. And like I say, Ron Perlman playing Ron Perlman, basically. Um, yeah, as it, he does. He plays himself he does. very well. He does. A fantastic film. Um, you know, it's two hours, 18 minutes. It felt quite long, I have to say. Um, but you have to watch it. Just, you know, sit back. And it, I think you should say to yourself, it's kind of like, you know what? This could happen. You know, not necessarily Just go the actual, for the ride. But the bureaucracy, do yeah. Do not stop when the credits roll. No, no. There, got are two, there are two scenes, one in the middle of the credits and one at the very end. Keep watching. It's worth it. Keep watching to the end. And the same also applies to Ghostbusters Afterlife. There are end credit scenes you must watch as well. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So with that, let's step into the tech route rumor mill. And before we do, Carl. Uh, oh, I thought I had a sound effect there, but. Clearly, I don't. Maybe not then. Well, let the Tech Rabbit oh, Mill okay. is back then. Let's try the other one. <laughs> I did have a new one, but okay, we'll go with the old one. It's so failed. then, what do we get? Yeah, has tech, the tech has failed us. So then, Carl, what do we got in the pot this week then? Tell me it's not just well, Apple, please. It's not just Apple. We're going to start off a Google one. So they are report, they're reportedly plans to release an AR headset in 2024. Uh, so our sources, and we love sources. They're not mine. There's someone else's I like, sources. I like tomato and barbecue. Exactly. They're very good. Sorry. But, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> those sources are claiming that yeah, Google's developing its own uh, augmented reality headset nicknamed Project Iris. 
and it was released in 2024. Now, apparently, they've got 300 people are working on this. Uh, it's a top secret project in Google. Obviously, not that top secret at the moment, as we know about it. Um, uh, but it's including members of the Pixel team, uh, you know, as well, for some reason. Uh, well, I suppose they know how to do hardware, don't they? Well, yeah, um, and and this, as I say, you know, Google. This isn't new for Google, though, is it? Really, they've they've been no, here before. We had uh, Google Glass, didn't we? Yeah, uh, and well, and, and Project they had the Daydream VR headset as well. Of course, they did. Yes, yes, the original uh, VR one from them. Yeah, but it's being it's being led by a, a chap called Clay Bavor, uh, who's basically been heavily involved in several past uh, AR, VR, and XR projects over the years. So he was part of Google Lens, AR Core, the re- recently revealed Project Starline. Um, I didn't know too much about that, so I had to go and read about it. So Starline, some kind of High resolution video calling and telepresence booth that kind of uses 3D sensors and 3D display technology to create an illusion that the person you're speaking with uh, is sitting directly in front of you in that physical space. It's like I, a hologram, I suppose. Yeah, I went off and had a look at that myself. And a bit like you, I was like, uh, what the? I was like, I always then read it and I was like, how have Facebook slash Meta not done this? <laughs> I was like, you know, like, um, yeah, but, so but yeah, so there's an all-star cast, isn't there? Uh, they've got lots of people working on it, apparently, but we have no real information other than it's coming in 2024. No, so I think you're right. You know, definitely something Google are getting involved in. You know, why wouldn't they want to be in AR, VR? Yeah. Apple are in here as well. Microsoft are already in the AR space with HoloLens. And, you know, Google have been here before. They know how this works. You know, they have, yeah. yeah, this is well, definitely Madison, something sorry. they want to, want to get into. Um, you know, Google Glass... You know, we, we like we talked about it before. We like Google Glass. Just was too early, too soon. But yeah. you know, they've got they they know how this works. They can come back and they can look at the the mistakes that were there and you know how and how to work around it. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see once once we start to see leaks or I guess you know and information coming. They never out stepped that, away, so. did they? They never stepped away. The Go- no. Google still do Google Glass. They do it for business and they do they it do. in like warehousing and stuff. They're still uh, developing just, that. It's just not really talked about. Though. That's the difference, isn't it? No, no, it's just not in that consumer space. Yeah. But no, definitely interested to see when we get more information about that and not surprised at all that they uh, they want to play there at all. So then, what else we got? Well, this is this is a, this is so far out there that I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, but I wanted to throw it in just for giggles. So <laughs> the latest rumor is Apple could be preparing its own video game console. Or maybe they'll just buy Sony. I mean, they're a bit cheaper now. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so apparently uh, the Windows Central reported Jez Gordon, Corden? No, no, no. Uh, I know. So it's coming from a Windows man, Windows Central reporter, uh, who has some anonymous sources. And even he admits this is a bit out there. Uh, he's basically saying that Apple currently been poaching engineers from Microsoft's Xbox division to help get the console specifications laid out. Uh, apparently, this rumour has been floating around for a little while, and his sources yes. even admits his sources aren't exactly the best. But he believes the rumours are strong enough that a console is certainly it's like Apple is currently developing. I, Though he then I, goes on to caveat no, this, doesn't no, he? No, <laughs> no, no, stop. Go on, go on. Caveat. So he goes on to caveat this, saying that uh, Apple make lots of stuff that never see the light of day. Certainly, so oh, probably oh, being canned. Oh. Oh, here well, this is my here's, this is my re- reaction to this. <laughs> Game over. Oh, look, Game this over. this yeah. is absolute steaming pile of what comes out the back of a horse. This I don't believe for a second that Apple are going to get into this. They've already got a games console. It's called Apple TV. They've got Apple Arcade that wraps around it. If they're going to do anything, they're going to bolster the the support. Uh, maybe slap an M1, I reckon, or something similar in, a, in an Apple TV, maybe. Um, maybe. And, and then perhaps then could bolster up the Apple Arcade support. Would they want to compete? They've been here before. They had the Pippin, didn't they? They did. Um, I, originally, I read this and I went, oh, I could see that. Apple keeps showing gamers in all their events. Yeah, maybe but- that's a hint. They're actually going to bring a, an actual con- uh, something for gamers out. But uh, no. No. It's no. not. I. I just. <laughs> I was like, when it's when we were talking about the show notes, I was like, no, 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 this is not happening. I just. This has been rumbling on for so long now. It's just like this is kind of one of those rumors that you could pull out and people are like, well, yeah, I guess you could be right, and nobody's got to say yes or no to it because it's 
you know, she said it's got credence because of apples but the reality is is it's not a space that they want to play in because they've already got elements of it that they can control stepping into a console is more hardware i think as well which starts to weaken mm. and dilute their lineup when they've apple, got apple aren't into gamers they don't take gaming seriously <laughs> they do not take we, gaming we, seriously. we know that from their shows well they show the gamers then they brought out some 2d platformer game and you're like oh just huh. no no and no I think it's time to close the rumor mill for this week, and uh, I think so. File that last one under never coming never back. Happened. Anyway, never happened. But I thought it'd make some people laugh. Oh, it made me laugh. I give you that. I think it's probably a good place to wrap us up for this week. Then, so episodes of the weekly tech rant come out every week, usually around sort of Wednesday, Thursday time. If I can get the editing done, that's the truth. You can find us <laughs> online, Twitter at weekly tech rant, and all of our show notes and. Information is published at techrant.online. Please leave us a comment, thoughts, tell us how bad we're doing, tell us what you think is funny. I don't mind. Anything would be great. And of course, please tell your friends. You can find and pick up the Weekly Tech Rant on all good places where you find your podcasts. So with that, I've been Jay. And I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all.